today I am with Judy Delaware. Hello, Judy. <laughs> Hi, Whitney. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Judy is an occupational therapist. She is a feeding specialist, the co-owner of the amazing Feeding Littles, and Judy's been working in her field for over 35 years, which means I'm talking with the best of the best right now. <laughs> you know, last night I spent a good two, two and a half hours stalking Feeding Littles Instagram, and holy moly, oh my gosh, there's it's just filled with so much enlightenment, so much education. What inspired you to co-start this platform? Well, if you read about um, how Megan and I met, it's about baby Jack. And I have a picture of him over my shoulder because he was truly, he's responsible for um, us having feeding little. So baby Jack was a, a young man that I worked with Um and he had spinal muscular atrophy and um, he died almost exactly um, seven years ago, coming up really soon. Oh, wow. Um, and I was his occupational therapist. And he, after he passed away and his mom went on to have another baby, um, that other little baby was having some feeding, feeding questions mom was having some issues with. And she and I met on my back porch and she went back to Arizona and she, she was telling me about her friend, Megan, who is a dietitian, And she really was interested in doing some, some format, some platform that sounded like an online course. And I was like, Oh, I'd be interested in talking to her. So the story and the magic happened. Megan and I talked in our very first conversation. We knew we were um, we were going to go into business together, and it was long before anybody even knew what an online course was right. was all about. And that's how it sort of started. So it was really, um, you know, we started working together over the phone because I'm here in Colorado, she's still in Scottsdale, Arizona, and um, we created the majority of our content before even before we used Zoom. We never used a Zoom <laughs> session. So can you imagine that? Never met. And then when I finally did meet her, um, you know, we met in the middle of the night. I flew from Colorado in a snowstorm to beautiful Arizona in the middle of February, I think it was. Okay. And there she was in her slippers and robe on the driveway. And she's like, come on in. And, you know, it was like two o'clock in the morning. And that's how we, that was our true first meeting. So did it, me. did it start on Facebook or where did you market this platform? So when Megan first started, she had a group, I think of about 35 people um, where she was teaching um, in a location and um, some baby led weaning back in the Scottsdale area. And so she just had an organic growth of people who, you know, would come and come to a talk with moms all about um, how to start feeding your baby and doing it the baby-led way. And so that's how it really started. And so when we uh, created our courses, we started it on Facebook, started selling our courses on Facebook. Um, and I will tell you, it was very slow. It was very, very, very slow. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't an overnight success. And it was, we just were, we were just happy to get the information into parents' hands um, me being a therapist and I've been working with children for the majority of my, my, you know, career yeah. and Megan being really interested in, um, in, in, being able to get, get this information into people's hands as well. It just, it just really organically grew. And, um, and it really is sort of, um, amazing 
how we have grown. Well, I am so excited to dive in, ask you these questions, and basically just learn more about the platform and about what you guys do. Um, so as I was talking your feed, I came across this mantra and it says, you provide child decides. And I have a little one-year-old right now. And I have just been trying so hard to get her to try new things. And so when she doesn't want to try something new, I get frustrated. I, the mom guilt starts coming because I see, then I see other moms feeding their kids this. And I'm just like, why is my child not eating this? And it's just such a simple mantra that I think so easily we forget. And I, and you, you can agree with me or not, but I feel like it's solely based on just feeling judged is why we are like so stressed out about them eating certain things. I, I, I absolutely hear what you're saying. And, you know, the, the whole the whole notion between be, be around, you know, you provide the child decides is we don't want any short order cooking. We want everybody to be eating the same thing unless there's like an allergy or, or medical reason why that child would be avoiding a certain food. But that causes stress. I mean, like if you ask me, because my husband does all the cooking in our house, lucky me, I know. <laughs> um, but like when he asks me what's for dinner, I'm like, I'm so lucky because I'll be like, well, what's it, you know, pandemic now, what's in the freezer? What do we really have? Um, you know, it's like, what are we going to have tonight that's going to make it easy? And it's stressful. Like I, when I, when I'm doing client, you know, calls, I'm doing everything via zoom now. And I ask parents, tell me what you had for dinner last night, or what are you having tonight? People literally, it could be a four o'clock visit and people are like, I have no clue. I have no idea. So I think, I think feeding, I mean, eating dinner is hard enough as it is yes. when you don't add any other kind of, um, you know, any other stresses to it, because people just don't even know what they're having. It's like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to cook. And then if we layer onto that, we have a kiddo who might not be um, willing or interested. Sorry, we have two dogs and they're no, chasing fine. squirrels because it's nice out today. <laughs> but you know, like if you add in the complexity of a child who I don't want to eat, or I don't like that. Um, and, and I think the most, most important foundational skills is you start from the beginning of you are offering your child the same food you are eating. Mm. And we know, you know, that repeated exposures is so very important. And the best thing I can tell parents is listen to what you say to your kid. When I, when I first do um, an evaluation now, and I'm going to refer to COVID because we're all living through it, yes. is I'll ask them, do me a favor, video yourself with your child. And a lot of times they'll send me a video of their child. And I'm like, no, 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 you're not getting off that. Like easy. video yourself at the dinner table. Show me, show me what you're doing. Tell okay. me what you're saying. How are you doing this? Because, you know, I'm not here to make parents feel even more guilty, right. but a lot of times we're like, we might be setting them up for failure by just what we say or yeah. what we do. And we want to make certain that parents know what you do, you're the model. You're, you know, when you have kids, what do they do if they see you on your phone or they grab your keys or they grab the remote or if they grab the broom, they're imitating you. Yeah. And they do this in all the areas of development. So they want to walk, they want to talk, they want to swipe right, they want to swipe up <laughs> and they want to do what you're doing. So if you're sitting at the table, 
eating with them, that's great foundation. But if you're sitting at the table and then all of a sudden you get up to empty the dishwasher, but you plop some food in front of your kid, what's the imitation? I want to get out of my chair and go stand. So would you recommend that like dinner time, lunch, breakfast, these meals are consistent, like that there are certain times of the day? Sure. We do so much better with routine. Children need routine. From a cognitive and social-emotional standpoint, think about school. Yeah. When, you're, when you go to school or when you go to work, you, you know, like if you work a regular Monday through Friday job and you get in your car and you go to your work, um, you know, you get up, you have your breakfast or you do your morning routine. And don't you know that you kind of thrive on that? You do oh, yeah. better because you know what's to expect. And when you start off with a small child, they need that repetition. They need that routine. So we really recommend three meals a day. And it depends on the age of your kid. But yes, three meals a day around the same time of the day. And absolutely, snacks in between. Um, You know, we recommend things like, you know, keeping the kitchen closed in between. You know, it's not on the menu. And you're offering your child um, what you're eating. And we're talking about kids like over the age of you know, for sure, over the age of six months. Okay. So, so routines, they're important. Do you feel like for breakfast and lunch, we should also be sitting with our kids having a meal? Absolutely. I feel like that's so uncommon, uncommon nowadays. And and here's, and here's what I recommend, Whitney. If, if you, I mean, Think about it. Breakfast, how long does it really take you? Let's just say you eat a bowl of oatmeal in the yeah. morning. How long does it take you to eat oatmeal? Seven minutes? Yeah, if that. Right? I mean, or yogurt, or I mean, I mean, I'm not talking, you know, breakfast sausage and homemade waffles yeah. and a bowl of fruit. I mean, that's lovely, but you know, this is my best piece of advice. Three to five minutes of quality time with your baby at the table is better than agonizing over 30 minutes or pulling out your phone or, you know, doing something else. This is what they want. If, if you had one gift to give to your baby, it's you. Oh, I love that. So, cause I'm in this routine right now where I'll, I'll get up with Sedona and she'll have her bottle and then I'll put her in her high chair and just like give her some snacks while I'm making breakfast because she's just... Tell me how old she is again. She's 13 months now. So she's just Okay, over so she's so still, so still doing bottles, right? Yes. Yeah. So she when she first wakes up, I give her her bottle. And then I put her in the high chair because... And I'll just give her some snacks like puffs while I'm cooking breakfast. I'm just usually making eggs because... She just kind of gets in the way. <laughs> so that's my like. So, so I don't know if you watch uh, on our Instagram. Um, we we started something. I mean, we didn't initiate it, but we started doing reels. You, are you familiar yes, with what reels are? I love are? your reels. Your, your toddler ones are the best. Okay, so we did the one in the high chair. And the yeah. message in the high chair is don't put your kid in the high chair until the food is ready. Okay. Yes, they're crawling around on the floor. So you have a 13-month-old, and did you say her name is Sedona? Yes. No, our son's name is Prescott, and we almost named our daughter Sedona. Oh, man. Almost, almost, which is funny because those are, well, almost, uh, you know, Arizona names. Anyway, 
So like the concept is, okay, so she's 13 months. Is she drinking from an open cup or a straw yet? You know, I've been trying, and I'm so excited for you to show your show and tell later because I've been trying to get her to drink out of a straw, but she's just not getting it. <laughs> okay. And have and you she, tried, have you, have you tried the bear? I haven't tried the bear, but okay. I did look at your guys's, if you guys who are listening or watching, go look at the Feeding Littles Amazon because, oh my gosh, there's so many goodies. I went on there and I looked at the, the bear that we were talking about and to be honest, I was like, I don't see how this is going to help. I don't see how this is going to help Sedona drink out of a straw. Is it because they can squish it? You do the work. Yeah. And this is all in our courses. And what's okay. fabulous is all of this information, we have really guided parents in, in either our infant course, which we recommend for introduce, introducing solids to your baby um, when they're showing all the readiness signs as, as early as six months. And we suggest, <coughs> I mean, I suggest when I, in my private practice, I use an open cup almost immediately we start really? working on lip closure and getting children to be able to drink from an open cup. And as soon as they, cause kids love water. I'll just tell you that kids love water, bath water. I mean, most kids yes. love water. <laughs> yeah. They see it, they see it all the time. Right. So water becomes almost sometimes we almost have to um, create a, a limit on how much we allow them to drink. We just want the skills to be there. But once they do the open cup, we introduce the straw cup, and I use Mr. Juice Bear. And parents are like, it's magic. It's just truly like they get it. So since, we're already, since we're already on the topic, Judy, do you mind? This is our favorite segment of the Mother okay. Mama podcast. We have a little show and tell. And okay. so what is this called again? It's called the... This is called Mr. Juice Bear. Mr. Juice Bear. Okay. It's a, okay. And then... I'm really going to show my age. Well, in the old days, you could buy these and depends on where you guys live. So I used to just buy these soft ones, uh -huh. like, um, like at Whole Foods, say you, if you bought like bulk, um, honey, okay. you used to be able to just buy, um, these real soft ones. So this is the soft one, not the harder plastic. You, you know, the difference, I yes. mean, you know, when yeah. you go into the store and you see the, it's like the clearer one, don't get that. Cause this is, I'm going to grab into cleanups here, but <laughs> when I squish this, I've got, I mean, I've got it filled up when I squish it and squish his belly, the water, can you see it pop out yeah. already all over my desk? <laughs> so anyway, so the idea is what you want to, you want to be able to do is you're going to offer this. And, and my technique is very simple. You make certain that this is only coming out about an inch length. Make sure this is all the way down into the bottom. So this is like it's almost like oxygen tubing or aquarium tubing. It's very soft, very, very easy to cut if you need to cut it because sometimes it comes too long. Okay. And what you're going to do is you're going to place it in your child's tongue and they're going to hopefully get top lip closure, bottom lip closure around it. So it'll look like this. And then you hold it and you give it a tiny squeeze. And you can imagine, I'm going to squeeze it. Yeah. And you see that? A yeah. little bit of water just popped out. And then you take it away. The idea is they learn and then you take it away and they're like, oh, and then the next time you put it there, they will try to suck. And sometimes you have to do it repeatedly, repeatedly. Okay. I mean, in feeding therapy, I'm going to grab a Kleenex here so oh, I don't make that. But um, in feeding therapy, it might take me a while to get in a while, could be a couple weeks or, you know, just depends on the kiddo's, you know, reason for not progressing. 
But in healthy full-term kids, typically if they don't have any kind of feeding issues, I call this the straw with training wheels. Okay. It's, you start here, and then once they get that and they have the strength, then you could move on to a straw cup. This is just the take and toss, and then this is one of my other favorites. It's just the munchkin. You see these. And all these the are all store. on your Amazon store, right? And yes, they all are on the Amazon store. And then these guys, like you guys, are in Utah, so you have Walgreens, and I can't remember because I used to live in, in in Utah. But I know um, your grocery store. What is your big grocery store? What is it called? We have, a have Smiths. Smiths. Walmart. Smiths. Yeah. 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 These are in these are in Smiths. These yeah. are in your grocery stores. You know, Walgreens, Target, um, Walmart. This is the Munchkin, and it has the very fancy uh, weighted piece, so it keeps the straw at the bottom. So when oh, the liquid okay. goes up, I know isn't that a cool technology yeah. patent? And then you know, straw. We want our kids drinking out of straws, not drinking out of sippy cups, because sippy cups kind of push the tongue forward. They, they accentuate um, what's called like a, a tongue protrusion, okay. and we don't want to do that. So, I mean, what do you drink out of? You drink out of a water bottle, yes. a cup, a mug, um, a can. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if, I heard you, if I heard you correctly, you said earlier that they should, that you should give them open cups before mm -hmm. cups with straws. So, so even Sedona right now, I should be giving her open cups? Yes. That terrifies me. <laughs> Let's just talk tiny cups. These these used to be really easy to find. They're almost like a little old restaurant, um, <laughs> like juice cup. Yeah, they're cute. They're a little hard to find. Yeah. But you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So if you start by just giving a tiny, tiny bit of water in here, and I mean a tiny bit, and you're going to help guide it and take it away, we start kids at six months with these. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And, so, and I, I mean, and there's going to be spilling. Absolutely, there's going to be spilling, but they're going to be motivated. And so then by the time they're 12 months, they should be easily drinking out of an open cup and a straw cup. So when you're talking about weaning them off a bottle, yeah, you're like, well, they already know how to drink out of those two. Now we just need to get the volume, kind of change it from a lot of breast or bottle okay. to more other vessels. So at what point, because... You said that they're starting, you're starting to give them open cups at six months. At what point do you feel like, like, do, I guess I'm just talking about, about myself. It's okay, it helps, it you, helps, I know. It's like you feel like I should stop giving her a bottle, not I would, obviously milk, but like giving her a bottle when she has that down? So what I would do is if you have a child who's 13 months and you're not breastfeeding, you're not doing any breastfeeding, no. exclusive bottles. Okay. Yeah. So if they're exclusively only having bottles, you're all done with breastfeeding. Or if you're still doing breastfeeding, you can still do this is you've got to work on those skills with the child. Okay. And you can't, you can't just take the bottle away and go, here's a straw cup. Yeah. No way. Okay. No way. Even a child who's been drinking from an open cup and a straw cup since let's say six or eight months old, they're maybe drinking maybe four, eight ounces a day. And we're going to go, let's say our benchmark is 24 ounces a day of formula, somewhere around there for a typical 12-month-old. It's going to take time. It's a process. So yeah. we're going to wean down on the bottle. Maybe you cut out a midday bottle and offer the cup or the straw at um, their high chair for lunch. Okay. So this is a perfect transition to my next question. And this is actually from one of our 
mama audience, and she's given us permission to share this today on our podcast. She specifically asked, she's currently breastfeeding. Her baby is 14 months old now, and she is giving him solid, giving him food, solid foods, and he's just not interested. He just constantly wants to be on the boob. <laughs> um, well, let me, let me guess. Yeah. And he's, is it, he's exclusively breastfed, right? Yes. That's and, a, yeah. and how many times a day is he breastfed? Oh, I don't, I don't know about that, but yeah. okay. from what it comes across as it's like, that's his main, it's still his main source of nutrition yeah. and food. So let's, let's break it down. Because this is this is a really common question, yeah. and it's a really common issue. Because parents are like, "Well, I know food is important, and I also don't. I'm not ready to give up breastfeeding." Yeah. So if the baby um, loves the breast and is not digging solids, we kind of need to make that decision of what are we going to do. Let's just say you want to keep breastfeeding until two. Okay. Two years old. That's that's a very, very common thing for a lot of parents to say. Um, We want them to be motivated to eat. And if they're getting all of their, or they're getting all their sustenance, if they're gaining weight and they're doing great on breast milk, the breast milk people might be upset by me saying this, but we we need to get that baby to start hitting all their developmental milestones, learning to put food in their mouth, eating a wide variety of food, because we really believe that around nine months old, many kids should have been introduced to everything. Oh, they should have okay. they should have been eat, you know eating their vegetables and their fruits and introduced to okay. meats because we worry about the high risk and incidence of more allergies. Okay. So we really want um, you know those kids to be able to um, have that exposure, especially you know um, nut butters and with with allergens and things like that before they're ten months. So I would start, I would start with, is there any way we can start to limit the amount of breastfeeding? Because think about the breast. The breast is like, it's comfort, it's nutrition, it's bonding time, all those great things. And I, and, and, you know, it depends on that parent too. We really need to be able to start narrowing that down. We're not going to say you don't, you can't have the breast, but it's, they, the child needs to learn. I need so to what would, you, what would you recommend? Would you recommend her just slowly giving her child more solids or like not necessarily cutting out a meal or? Um, so what I, what I would recommend, and we talk a lot about this in our toddler course, okay. um, but we talk about all these issues um, and offer strategies and tips and ideas on how to be able to move forward all in our ebook. We have an ebook weaning course on how to be able to do that and also in our toddler course. So I, I do think that there's um, techniques and ways to be able to do that. And it's complicated. It's, it's an undertaking. It's a process. So with your online courses that you and Megan have created, do you break it up as to stages that they're at? Like, we have an infant, we have an infant, the baby led way that is our infant course. And then we have a toddler and preschooler course. Okay. And it's going it, to, we're actually in the process of redoing our toddler preschooler and it's going to be out in 2021. Um, yes. And we take it all the way up um, into elementary school age kids. Yes. Because feeding is an issue. Yes. One, and, and I think, 
unfortunately, more and more, especially this generation, we just have so many social medias, technology, where I feel like we distance ourselves to just the basics. I mean, eating is, it's the basics. I would have never thought that me sitting at the table for, I mean, we do for dinner, but I don't for breakfast and lunch, that that would help her. Yeah. And she's, she's looking at you. So so Jonah is 13 months old and she's just sitting there and she's taking notes. She's like, okay, mom's standing, mom's doing the dishes, mom's cooking or whatever. Yeah. She's like, I want me to, I want to be you. (laughs) So do you feel like Judy, when I'm just, I'm still shocked at just how young we're, we're introducing these different developmental things like the open cup. Is there a certain age that you think we should start giving kids or toddlers utensils? Oh yeah. You're, you're going to not be happy when I yeah, yeah, we start right away. Oh my goodness. Really? So do you, I, and I'm probably just making this up, but I'm sure I heard it from some mommy myth somewhere who knows where, but that when you eat with your hands, you can actually taste it better. Um, you probably heard me say it on Good Morning America. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't, if you can't feel it in your hands, you can't bring it to your mouth or you can't taste it. in. So think about this. I, I use this example all the time. Everybody's been to the pool, right? Yeah. And when you go to the pool, if, if you're like me, you, you either put your big toe in the water to determine the temp, right? Yeah. Or, or your finger, or you swish your hand around, you're like, oh, okay, it's pretty cold. You know, that's <laughs> like I'm going in. And how do you do it? You, so that's your barometer. You kind of say, oh, okay, oh, it's not that bad, or it's really hot. I'm, you know, rarely do I just jump in, right? Um, and think about what your hand, all the receptors on your hand tell you about something. And babies are naturally hesitant. I mean, they, they kind of want to touch it, but they're like, wait a second. They, they, you know, they eventually go through something called neophobia, whereas when they look at food, they're like, ah, I don't know, not so sure about that. But think about it. If you touch something in your hand, doesn't it tell you a lot about what it feels like? Yeah. Is it, you know, what, what is it going to feel like in my mouth? Well, I'll try it here. <laughs> this is way safer. So if we start here, it's going to be way safer than getting it into my mouth. So then at what point should we start giving them utensils? You know, we, we recommend um, all sorts of things. I have, I, you told me I could only show one show and tell. So I, (laughs) I I mean, I can't, I can't show you myself. You just have to go to our courses. Um, You can go to our website and see all kinds of stuff, but we recommend getting them started immediately. As soon as you get started eating, the sooner they learn to be able to put something in their hand, they are going to bring it up to their mouth right away. So in your online course, do you talk about, because I'm just imagining just giving Sedona a utensil and her not really understanding what to do with it. Do you talk about in your course, like how constant you should be doing that or like how to actually teach them to use that utensil? Sure do. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Just to kind of conclude with this, Judy, I just want to ask you one more question. What are some things that you think parents worry about the most when it comes to feeding their kids? You know, two things, if I can do two. Parents ask me often, should I be worried? They start the sentence out just like you said. 
should I be worried about? And I would tell you as a parent, if I want, I think the one thing that I, I, I'm trying to be very clear and concise about this, but I want parents to get one thing out of this, and that is to trust your instincts. I think that parents have learned to think, oh my God, do I do it this way? Do I do it this way? When do I introduce this? I've read this, I saw that. And I want you to trust your gut as a parent. I think if you worry about something, then, then you're gonna go look for something. Like look at your baby, connect with your baby to be able to really understand what are they asking me for? Kids get bored really quick. Oh my gosh, <laughs> and kids, yes. And kids learn. Um, they learn from us. Yeah. So, so you said what, what the other thing is, um, so trust your instincts. And if there's something that you see going on with your baby, ask for help. Um, in closing, one of the things I, I love to mention to parents is because I, I really do work with, you know, my caseload is mostly zero to three, you know, babies from birth until they're three years old. And I work really closely with a physical therapist. She is my right hand um, in crime. And we see kids back to back. And many times parents will have the physical therapist come in because, oh, their baby's not crawling or they're not sitting. And parents are like, oh, yeah, PT. I mean, like nothing. No, no. And don't get me wrong. I love PT. Yeah. But parents are sort of like, that doesn't feel overwhelming and it doesn't feel scary. But when you have like, because I'm an occupational therapist and I focus on feeding and sleep, parents feel like I am a major failure. I can't get my kid to sleep or I can't get my kid to eat. What's wrong with me? Because I think people think feeding is just like that. And I'll tell you, feeding's not just like that. When it goes wrong or off and little things can cause feeding issues that parents are like, oh, a feeding therapist. Oh my God. Oh my God. What's going to happen? And it's like, think of me just like an optometrist, just like a physical therapist. I, and the sooner you get help, like if you really need some help for your baby, please reach out. And there's so many avenues. There's so many ways of being able to do it. And the sooner you get help, the sooner you learn what the baby learns, needs to learn what they need to do, the sooner the baby's doing so much better. Well, and Judy, you've created this, you and Megan have created this community where moms can relate with one another. I mean, almost every post, I'm like, I can totally relate with that. And and then you see other moms commenting on it like, yes, I can relate with this too. And I just feel like these just are things that we don't openly talk about, but it is an issue. And you've created a place where we can come to, to learn and be enlightened about feeding our little ones. And so I just want you to know that I'm very thankful for it and I appreciate it. And I hope that other mamas listening will go check out that Instagram. Also, if you're interested in their online course and you use promo code MONDAYMAMA2021 in all caps, you will get a discount on that course. Thank you so much. I love, I mean, I love instructing parents. I love connecting. Like, I love talking with parents because I'm a mom, you know, and I remember going through all this stuff with our kids, you know, and I had the, like, I think I just was very lucky um, as a therapist and a mom, because when I look at a kid, I get kids. I just like, look at them. And I know exactly, like, I love 
when I do my sessions, I'll say, I'll be like the bubble over their head and saying what the kid is thinking. And the mom is like, she's like, so that's so right. So when I started doing these reels, I'm like, oh, I got this. I I know what I know. (laughs) And they're so relatable. Which, well, and it's, yeah, I've been doing it a long time. So, and I'm still cleaning up flour from the last reel. So. <laughs> I'm sure you are. Well, thank you so much, Judy, for being here today. Thank you, Whitney. Thanks so much.